0: Taiwan reported 28 local infections of COVID and four deaths on Sunday. Daily case counts have remained under 50 for a week now. Yet the Central Epidemic Command Center is still keeping the nation on a level 3 alert. Health Minister Chen Shih-chung says getting the nation vaccinated is now the top priority. With increasing vaccine availability, more and more people are becoming eligible to get their shots. Priority groups 9 and 10 can now go to the government website to apply for vaccination. Minister Without Portfolio Audrey Tang reminds everyone that applications must be submitted by 5 p.m. on Monday, and those that receive a confirmation text message between Tuesday and Thursday can then proceed with setting up an appointment. The AstraZeneca vaccine will be administered in the first three rounds of vaccination. Vaccines of other brands will be administered in the fourth round and beyond. As vaccination against COVID kicks into high gear, most people are certain to experience a sore arm that might even get in the way of putting on clothes. This is what doctors call a localized infection at the spot of the jab. For some, though, a red itchy rash dubbed Moderna arm may show up seven to nine days after getting vaccinated. And a Japanese study has shown that as many as 3.5% of recipients of the American vaccine could have the symptom.
1: Vaccination stations around Taiwan have been packed with people getting vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. On July 9th alone, a total of 221,127 people got jabbed, 210,000 of whom with Moderna, set in a new daily high. So far, 13.98% of the population has been vaccinated. And those getting Moderna should be alert to the possibility of a reaction known as Moderna arm.
0: These shots can cause a somewhat unusual reaction at the spot of the jab. Some vaccinates will exhibit a localized itchy rash known as a delayed dermal reaction, possibly some type of an allergic reaction about a week after receiving the shot. So far, we haven't seen any especially bad effects, just some mild itchiness.
1: Moderna arm is a symptom unique to mRNA vaccines. According to a Japanese study of 1,447 vaccinated individuals, a red itchy rash developed in 3.5% of vaccinates 9 days post vaccination, 4% in 10 days, and 2.6% in 11 days, and in some cases symptoms appeared as late as 25 days after getting a shot ice packs and ointments are enough to alleviate symptoms.
0: A day or two after vaccination, the spot of the jab can become inflamed, and so you'll get some swelling and redness. That is their typical vaccine reaction. For a Moderna shot, a red rash might show up seven days after the shot. This is indicative of a latency period, and many would say this is likely a kind of comparatively late-developing type 4 allergic reaction.
1: Some people, however, experience soreness the day after being vaccinated, which is an unrelated symptom. This is an infective reaction to the vaccine, whereas the redness, swelling, and itchiness from Moderna arm occurs only some days later as a mild allergic reaction, especially in people 40 years or older. Nonetheless, doctors consider this phenomenon normal and say it doesn't affect everyone. Should it happen to you, apply ice and ointment immediately as a way to soothe any irritating effects.
0: Under the headline Taiwan's Taming of COVID, an article in Japan's Asahi Shimbun lauded Taiwan for its rapid response in subduing COVID amid a vaccine shortage. The Japanese newspaper cited Taiwan's implementation of highly effective epidemic prevention policies, the acceptance of strict control measures by the majority of the public and the country's maximization of IT applications as reasons for being at the forefront of its success. Responsive leadership has been on display by the heads of Taiwan's government agencies who show up to Central Epidemic Command Center pressers at a moment's notice where they provide necessary details. Related to pandemic control. These actions, the paper says, have helped build the necessary public confidence, without which success could not have been achieved. Tuesday's partial reopening is extended to temples. However, most of the temples in Taipei have decided to remain closed. Only Da Dong Bao An Temple has put in an application to partially reopen. Down in Jia's Xingang Tian Temple. Authorities say that even though the partial reopening will allow up to 99 people into the temple at one time, a proposal needs to be submitted by Tuesday, and they may not meet the deadline. Instead of applying for reopening, some temples have decided to just keep having worshippers perform religious rites outside their doors.
1: Incense in hand, worshippers can only stand outside the temple court and worship their gods from afar. But with the approach of partial reopening, some temples have decided to conditionally lift certain restrictions. Dalongdong Fawan Temple in Taipei has already put in an application for partial reopening. The leader of the temple is confident that relevant epidemic prevention measures will be followed closely so that the faithful can worship without worries. In
0: terms of the area of Bawan Temple, the front building is almost 2,000 square meters. Based on guidelines for social distancing, it can accommodate 500 people. And there will only be 99 people at a time, so there is more than enough room. Taking temperatures, recording names, disinfecting hands, and supervising people's movement, we can
1: handle all that. However, not every temple is able to carry out the full gamut of requirements ranging from maintaining social distance to managing people flows. Most temples in Taipei have decided to remain closed. Tsuyu Temple in Songshan District has posted an official notice informing the public that the temple will remain closed until July 26. Here at Jai's Xingang Fengtian Temple, temple administrators adopted a different approach. Instead of risking infection with worship inside the temple, they've moved the goddess Matsu and tiger god outside under an awning. Where open air adds to safety for worshippers. The administrators have drafted an epidemic prevention proposal for partial reopening, but logistics requirements will likely make a July 13th reopening impossible.
0: If we allow worshipers to enter the temple to worship, the number of people cannot exceed 99. We are required to submit the proposal before the 13th, but I'm afraid we can't make it in time, because there are only one or two days left. It might be too late, but we will try our best to submit it.
1: Similarly, at Pingdong's Feng Temple, which has a large following, temple authorities have decided not to pursue reopening, even partially.
0: Uh, We're afraid the believers might crowd in, which could result in some relatively negative consequences. So we'll maintain things at level three.
1: Yu Huang Temple, another place of worship in Pingdong, has also opted to stay closed for fear of cluster infections once people are allowed in. For now, worshipers have to remain outside to perform their religious rites. What will happen next will depend on how COVID pans out.
0: The pandemic has meant many people around the world are staying home and relying on delivery services for their meals. For delivery workers, this is an opportunity to make money. But that opportunity is not without its risks. Tonight, in our Sunday special report, we meet some delivery workers and find out what it's like to deliver food on the front line.
2: Let's follow delivery driver Wu Zongzhe on his typical day of work and see what it's like delivering during the pandemic. Since the pandemic worsened, masks have been a must. Wu covers his neck too and slips his arms into long sleeves. Before gloves are worn, he sprays sanitizer on his hands.
0: Now, to now, now,
3: to
2: Aside from protecting himself, who also ensures his delivery box is clean and sanitized. From here, he opens his delivery app and reports on his health condition. The app connects with a system that uses AI to analyze his responses. Only after passing an approval process can he begin to accept jobs.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Wu's first stop is a beverage shop. In the past, he would pick up his order and leave at once, getting the order to his customer in the least time possible. But these days, delivery drivers must have sanitizer on hand and must spray the packaging of their order before placing it in the delivery box.
0: Mm,
2: Now that people are staying home as a pandemic measure, Orders at the two largest delivery services have grown by 20 to 30 percent. To keep up, drivers are taking two or more orders at the same time. This is the new norm of the pandemic. In order to maximize their income during the peak lunch periods, many delivery drivers put off eating lunch until later in the afternoon. Since indoor eating is now banned at restaurants, drivers must take their lunch breaks on the side of the road. Taking bites of his rice ball here and there while conversing, Wu finishes his meal. But just as he's about to leave, the sky opens up and there's a downpour. Rain is an unwelcome challenge for delivery drivers who are already dealing with the risks associated with the pandemic. Some of those who choose to do deliveries are trying to pay off debt or have other short-term financial needs. However, there are also some who just dislike having fixed work hours. They want more freedom and flexibility in their lives. Su Bo Hao is one such person. Su once started his own business. He's also an activist who once ran for office as a legislator. After losing his election, he found himself with little savings to his name, so he started doing deliveries. It's been four years since. Sue helps delivery workers fight for their rights, and that takes him to union meetings across the country. With all this running around, delivery work is his perfect job, offering the flexible work hours he needs. (laughs)
3: Doing deliveries offers a high degree of freedom. I can do things completely according to my own schedule. If I suddenly get a call and there is something I need to take care of, I can immediately go offline and take care of my stuff.
2: Jobs like delivery work, where you can arrange your time as you see fit, are part of a rising global trend known as the gig economy. After the start of the pandemic last year, lots of Taiwanese who became furloughed or jobless turned to delivery work meeting a spike in demand for food deliveries. In Taiwan, there were roughly 50,000 delivery drivers in 2019. This year, that number has surged to 87,000. With people staying home during the pandemic, many rely on food delivery for their three meals of the day. Consequently, there is much money to be made making such deliveries. In the past, Those putting in 90 hours of work a week could make roughly 70,000 NT per month. These days, for the same amount of work, it's possible to rake in over 100,000 NT per month. While this high salary may seem appealing, it comes with a high degree of risk. Not only is there the risk of traffic accidents, but now with the pandemic, drivers also face the risk of infection. Drivers use a lot of sanitizer while doing their job, and they must pay for this out of pocket. However, finding shops with sanitizer in stock is another challenge.
3: It's really hard to buy. The sanitizer most of my colleagues are using now is what they have left over from last year. If I want to buy a bottle myself, I have to run around to 10 or 20 shops before I find stock.
4: In version 3.0 of the Delivery Drivers' Guidelines, it stipulates that food delivery platforms carry a certain level of responsibility. For example, as we just mentioned, there is the issue of worker safety and sanitation. Things we need during the pandemic, like masks, sanitizers, and protective eyewear, should be provided by the company. The burden shouldn't be on the drivers to buy these things.
2: Although delivery platforms are offering assorted protective supplies to drivers in Taipei and New Taipei City, only those who deliver above a certain amount are eligible to receive them.
3: All of the local unions have come up with their own solutions, although the supplies provided cost a bit more. For example, the union in Taichung procured 60 barrels and offered them for drivers to buy. Meanwhile, our union in Taipei has been in touch with a supplier.
2: Aside from delivering and picking up food, drivers sometimes need to handle cash and give change. These are potential factors of transmission for disease. If customers are indeed sick, delivery drivers have no way of knowing it. To better protect workers, Taiwan's two major food delivery platforms encourage customers to pay virtually and encourage contactless food delivery. However, Since not all customers are able to go contactless, one of the platforms continues to take payment in cash. Some people don't have credit cards, but they still need food delivered. So we don't want them to be left out of this vital service. In the meantime, what we are trying to do is encourage online payments. Right now, we offer a discount aimed at those who pay online. However, the other delivery platform has temporarily suspended cash payments altogether. On May 20th, we took the lead in implementing fully contactless food delivery. In all 18 counties and municipalities we service nationwide, we enforce the policy of leaving food at the door and accepting only online payments. So-called contactless food delivery involves a change in payment methods. It also sees delivery drivers leaving food at a specified location. After informing customers that food has been delivered, drivers leave the location and customers come to retrieve their food. It seems easy enough, but in practice, hiccups do occur.
4: The app has an option for the customer to tell the driver to leave the food at the door, or to say they want contactless delivery. However, in many situations, there are customers who, despite having selected that option, will open their door and come out when the delivery is being made, or they will send a message after the order has been placed and ask the driver to bring the food up to their floor. Let's say the customer wants the food brought
1: up to their floor. They themselves may not be infected, but maybe their neighbor or someone on a floor below them is infected, and the customer won't tell you this. If one of those people is infected, what do you do? It's also possible that the customer has a latent infection, and they don't even know about it.
2: A driver makes 20 to 40 deliveries per day, which puts them in contact with nearly 100 people. If just one driver becomes infected, the virus could spread to one customer after the next. That driver would become what's known as a super-spreader. If a delivery worker is infected while on the job, is that considered an occupational injury? According to the Labor Ministry, infections that occur while carrying out one's work duties or while at one's place of work are considered occupational injuries. However, the problem is that very few delivery workers are covered under labor insurance. Since most do not have labor insurance, there is no way for them to apply for compensation when injured. Infection is not the only risk that delivery workers face. To earn greater income, drivers are on the road day and night and are at greater risk of traffic accidents. If an accident occurs, will the delivery platform share the responsibility? Currently, there is no clear answer. The relationship between platforms and their drivers remains a gray
4: area the delivery platforms insist that their workers are independent contractors however in the process of doing their jobs you can see faint signs of restrictions that are placed on workers for example you have to wear clothing with the platform emblem on it also when you're doing a delivery you can't say it is a delivery for mr so-and-so you have to say it is a food panda delivery, right? So you're still under their label. If it were true contract work, then you deliver something you don't need to say, I'm here from food panda.
2: Labor law says that employees are workers who are managed and supervised and whose employers are responsible in the event of workplace accidents. Contract workers are those who only need to complete their work in accordance with their contracts and who are not subject to very much instruction and supervision from their contractee. When contracted workers encounter accidents while working, contractees are not held responsible. The Labor Ministry is now advocating that delivery platforms and their drivers be considered an employer-employee relationship, while the food and beverage providers they deliver for be considered contractees. The government and delivery platforms have not yet reached a consensus. In the meantime, only about 40% of full-time delivery workers have labor insurance. Delivery drivers are now an all-too-common sight on city streets around the world. Their presence is a sign of progress and adaptability during the pandemic, but with regard to their labor rights, much progress remains to be made.
0: The purple crow butterfly is having a wonderful summer. The right weather conditions plus careful ecological management have turned a garden in Yunling into the perfect haven for the winged creature. This July, thousands of purple crows can be seen dancing among the flowers in an astonishing display. Gardeners say more migrating butterflies are staying in Taiwan this summer, and they could be attracted to any well-managed garden. By lightly jiggling the bushes,
2: you can send up a cloud of crow butterflies. This gardener could be a magician with a host of purple fairies. This is the ecological garden besides Hushan Reservoir in Yunlin. Amid the July heat, thousands of crow butterflies have appeared. They can be seen dancing around the flowers, hunting for nectar gardeners are mesmerized by countless little black dots flitting from plant to plant. In early July, stationary fronts brought weeks of rain to the area, resulting in luxuriant growth of the plants here. The gardeners don't weed too vigorously as they want to regenerate the ecology. And this is their unexpected reward.
3: Because of the rain, the plants produce many buds, so the butterflies have had more to eat and there are lots of them. They've been everywhere lately.
2: Due to COVID, the garden can't welcome visitors. That means there's less human disturbance. Some migrating butterflies have stayed in the garden to reproduce, unlike normal. Experts say any garden with plenty of appropriate plants and not too much pollution could find itself a home for purple crows this summer.